0: Hey, brother Joe. Hey. hey, hey. How's it going? Good, brother. How are you? Good. How are you? How's good. Josie?
1: Josie's good. How's your Josie?
0: <laughs> Doing good. Has
1: she <laughs> been sleeping?
0: No. Yeah, there. <laughs> Not, <laughs> Not she's, enough. She's how old now? Uh, just two months. Two months old. Uh, wow. A couple of days ago. Good,
1: good, good. So, have you done the second month checkup now?
0: Yep. Yep. How's, she, how's she looking? She's a heavy 11 pounds, uh, wow. 12 ounces. So Come she's, on. She's got rolls. I love it. <laughs> but not like yours.
1: <laughs> hey, hey. Are you talking about my specific rolls or my average <laughs> rolls? Uh, jo- Josie just did her, rolls. her four-month checkup on Monday. She is uh, 16 and a half pounds. So that's, I think, like 84 percentile, and she's 25 wow. inches long. And so... Trust me, bro, you blink and they just go from one foot to the next. And so um, well, I love it.
0: Let me see your guns.
1: Mine or hers? <laughs>
0: Yours. You got to lift 16 pounds every day, I'm right? T- I got
1: stronger, bro. This quarantine has gotten me stronger. Uh,
0: extra, yeah. You don't need weights or nothing.
1: Literally. So um, obviously we got you on board because, um, you know, not just the fact that you're missionaries, but you're missionaries that I very much respect. Um, one of the things I had mentioned to people before is Joel and Karen have done an excellent job of just keeping me up to date, letting me know about the things that God was doing. They would periodically send me emails or messages about, you know, just victories, things that God was doing in the kingdom where they were at. And the whole time, I thought that we as a church were already supporting them as our own personal missionaries. And I didn't find out until like later this year that we weren't yet that uh we hadn't gotten into that process i think we're in the process now pretty sure correct me if i'm wrong joe um and if not maybe we could put the pressure on belmont to, to make that commitment but i'm pretty sure we brought you on board as a part of our team that we're supporting but it's um, not about
0: money right
1: exactly <laughs> exactly but that's my point that's what i love <laughs> is that it wasn't about money it wasn't that we supported you or we didn't support you It's that we were friends. It's that we could pray for you. We prayed for each other. And in general, uh, you're like me. I just love to celebrate the things that God is doing. And so uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, yourselves, uh, you and your wife, Karen. I know Karen's probably busy with Josie, but, um, you know, why don't you give us a little background info on you guys, and then we'll jump into some of the questions that I had set up.
0: Yeah. So, uh, you know, some of you might have seen us uh, around uh, the last five or 10 years, Uh, we are literally down the street, we're living on Belmont and Cicero, and uh, we're part of Chicago Tabernacle, Um, so obviously a lot of uh, connections down the road um, over the years, and um, yeah, we served in the youth ministry for a number of years, so uh, been down to breakaway many, many times, and uh, Karen and I actually fell in love on top of the iceberg in Lake Williamson, Uh, I was like, you know? This girl could be it. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> she was it. So um yeah, we love we love uh we love youth ministry. Um and that's you know that's how God directed us towards each other, which is a you know, that's a it's a whole different call besides missions, but it was in tandem. Uh, we I were both it. felt called to missions and and now we're a great team. I love it.
1: You know, we've been uh using that word right now a lot, missions. How would you describe uh, missions like what's your definition of a missionary and how does that differ than what god's called anybody else to do that's a christian
0: yeah um that's a good question uh it's not in the bible <laughs> um so it's kind of a more modern ish word uh, maybe the last couple hundred years uh but it's it's been used to uh, it's been used specifically for people who work tend to work cross-culturally and even geographically, um, especially geographically. Um, so someone who carries the gospel beyond your culture and beyond usually your language and beyond uh, your own geographical space. Um, so there's it's kind of been broken up into home missions or U.S. missions and then foreign missions, and we fall into the foreign missions category. But, uh, you know, the you asked, like, what is, what is that? How is that different than what everyone else is called to, um, you know, I, I said, it's not that the word missionary missions is not in the Bible. So how do we get this idea of like, Oh, I need to go to a different country to share the gospel. Well, Jesus, go back to Jesus words, right? The great commission, go make disciples of all nations. And that word is actually people groups, um, not just countries, like actual like ethnic groups, like the Navajo or, you know, Guatemalan or that kind of thing but um, go and make disciples of all nations and so that's still our call and uh, we happen to be the people that get on the plane and go there Um, but ultimately I feel like we're all kind of called to fulfill that calling just in different ways. Now you
1: just spent uh, how many years and where?
0: Uh, We were in Indonesia uh, for three and a half years or two and a half years almost three um, doing, we were uh, focusing on uh, college ministry with Chi Alpha. Um, super fun, crazy, crazy bunch of people, but loved it.
1: Is that now where you're going to be going back to? Or are you going back to a different area?
0: Uh We'll go back to uh, focus on the language, because uh, the ministry we were doing before was mostly in English, because all, you know, all these university students want to learn English. Uh, so we didn't have to learn Indonesian very well. We kind of, tried to as much as possible because we both love languages and as you know pastor joey uh, how many how many many languages you speak uh between the two of us about eight now i think uh, what are they uh so i grew up in brazil so i speak portuguese and un poquito de espanol um Mm. by living in chicago (laughs) and living in this area (laughs) um and then um uh i learned a little arabic during school and of course like some some during bible school i learned some greek but, um, and then my wife speaks uh, French. She was a German teacher, a high school German teacher for seven years, learned Chinese, uh, some Spanish, and uh, Indonesian, and uh, just whatever we can get our hands on. Yeah. So, I love it. so Karen's the linguist, let's be honest here. <laughs> it, yeah, she's the <laughs> one who learned all the languages. I love it. I just um, grew up with them.
1: Now, you mentioned um, that idea of calling. Um We hear that a lot in church. We hear that a lot in youth groups. Um, What's your calling? Have you been called to this? Uh, Can you unpack that for me a little bit? What it means to be called? Is it like God's literal voice, you know, calling you in the middle of the night saying, go here? Um, You know, is it different for everybody? How was it specifically for you? Uh, Unpack that for me a little bit in regards to calling.
0: Sure. Yeah. I remember, I think it was my sophomore year of college. um, I met this couple from Argentina. And I remember you know i was it was I was on a trip in Afghanistan, and uh we were sitting there on the carpet, you know, and they were telling their story, and they were like, "Yeah, we were in, in Argentina, and uh we uh we were just sitting there and we heard the word "Afghanistan," and we didn't even know what it was, we didn't know it was a country or anything, but eventually like we realized, oh, it's a country," and so we went to, went to Afghanistan, and I'm like, "That's so cool, like I want that." You know, and I'm like seeking God's will and uh, kind of hoping, you know, Argentina, is there someone from Argentina?
1: Um,
0: yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, I'm from Brazil, so there's a little bit of rivalry in the football, but that's okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I was just like, that's amazing. Um, but God didn't do it exactly that way for me. And uh, God, I, I do believe God has specific ways, different tracks for each of us. But um there's to me the best way to start if you're like, what you know, what where is God calling me or what is he calling me to do is just read the Bible. <laughs> it's very, very clear that God has has spoken in his word, and um, that's how God called me originally, you know, really. That's how he confirmed it and, and called, and over and over again, God is called through his word. Um, I love it, and uh, you know, just but also talking to your pastors, talking to to godly people is huge.
1: I read a a quote the other day that said, if you want to hear God's audible voice, read the Bible out loud. (laughs) (laughs) But I love that. I love that. Um, So, okay, you read your Bible, you spoke with godly people. How did you know that you were going to be going to Indonesia specifically? What was it that made you think, or at least you and Karen, I know at that point it was a, a couple's decision, how did you guys come to the understanding that this isn't just where, you know, Jamie Kemp is recruiting us, but this is where God has literally told us to go?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. And we, we didn't know how that was going to transpire. It looked like Indonesia made sense. And hey, I mean, God has put, hopefully put common sense in each of us. <laughs> and, uh, you know, sometimes that is the next step. And so we, yeah, we met this Jamie Kemp guy, and it, it kind of made sense. Like, man, this seems like, this seems like a good idea. Sometimes it's not a good idea. You know, what seems like a good idea isn't a good idea. So we prayed. We're, we're like, Lord, please confirm it. And uh, we actually took some, uh, took a day and fasted. Um, it's not required, but I, I think it was helpful for us. And um, that day that we fasted, Karen was reading her next page in the bible she flipped over to to um isaiah 24 and there's a verse in there and she just like it just like blew up on the page you know kind of thing and it says um from the west let the name of the lord be exalted in the east in the islands of the sea let his name be praised and we're like hmm indonesia east islands and for that for us that was like like the first um kind of like kickstart to a a huge just flood of like indonesia indonesia came up all over the place like i was working at a bank at that time and one of my regular customers we're talking is like christmas time and we're talking oh did you get to see your family for christmas yeah blah 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 yeah he's, he's like you know I have a friends, and they never get to see their, their kids because they're missionaries in Indonesia. It was like, Indonesia. Like, <laughs> did you just say Indonesia? Like, really? And uh, just, like, this lady in an elevator, oh, the same day, okay, 24 hours, the same day, like, opens up a newspaper on the elevator, and is like, oh, look what happened in Indonesia today. Like, out loud. You know, who talks in the elevator, right? Sure. <laughs> um, so it was like boom 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 these these confirmations now if we had started with those things like oh indonesia like that's not a, always a safe thing but god it was a god's way of of being very clear to us and confirming that and yeah. and that was the way that, that god spoke to us and, but it can be different for for each person
1: i love that you mentioned that though because i think a lot of times people make the mistake of going on their feelings and then searching scripture for verses that affirm what they're feeling, as opposed to allowing God to confirm what his word has already been speaking to them, which is a reminder with something we try to talk about all the time, why you have to be in your daily word, because if Karen just, you know, looked up Isaiah 24 and began to Google search East islands and things like that, I'm not sure how much we can verify that that was the Lord or that was just research. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you mentioned something interesting right now because you talked about Indonesia, Indonesia, and how the, the name of the country kept popping up. But then earlier you talked about uh, in the verse where God gives us the Great Commission, how all nations really means people groups. So do you think God calls missionaries to people groups or locations or something altogether? For example, uh, if God called you know me specifically to the nation of India, is that different than going to Devon, where the people of India are? Hmm. And, you know, or is it a combination of two? Maybe you start there and then you end up with the other. Or, you know, how do you differentiate between, hey, God's called me to leave my place and go to this specific country? Or, you know, you mentioned it, maybe God calls you to Muslims and you're thinking Afghanistan, but yet Indonesia had the largest Muslim population in the world. So how does all that work? Does God call us to one, the other? Is it a conglomerate? That's a huge question, Pastor Joey. Man. <laughs> you gotta answer it. I just asked him. <laughs> Thanks.
0: <laughs> what was uh P. John the other day was like, hmm, that's a good question, right? Like so, I don't know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Um, yeah, I I think well I, I go back to Abraham, okay? You know, and actually God used that verse uh in, in Genesis twelve. He says, Go. He says leave, go, leave your, leave your father and mother and go to a land that I will show you. It doesn't tell him what land yeah. and actually Abraham leaves and starts going and he actually ends up in Haran, um, which I actually had the chance to drive by one time in Turkey, which is kind of cool. Um, show off. Well, uh, and I know. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, hey, this is where it was. Um, but yeah, he so he hung out there for a little while before he actually ended up being guided to Canaan where he ended up. Um, So I think it's what, what you said, like, Hey, let's like, I always, I always tell, especially young people, do the next thing, do the next thing in front of you faithfully, but be willing to go further, be willing to, to, to um, jump out of your comfort zone again. And then again, and then again, and god god is always faithful to guide you to the next step and to guide you to the next step some people i mean i I make some people they're like i know i'm going to india i know i'm going to russia hey praise god i wish i had that when i was 17 you know but Mm -hmm. i feel like a lot of us don't have that and um but i i think um on on the other side it's good to it's good to pursue exposure it's good to pursue exposure. I don't know a thing about Cambodia. Well, maybe God wants you to go there. So research, like go and research it. Or maybe you have no idea until you research that, oh, God is, is guiding me to this place. Um, but I I think more importantly, what is in God's heart, you know, to go back to what you first said, is is those people groups. God, you know, it says in heaven, there will be people from every tribe, every tongue and every ethnic group, every people group. So my goal, you know, in missions is not to just show up in a country, but it's to learn as much about that country so that I know, hey, are we hitting every single people group in this country? And so Indonesia is one country, but it has over 700 people groups, you know, so (laughs) really, I'm, I'm dealing with 700 different countries, you know, I'm dealing with 700 different, um, mission fields in one single country, which is, which can be overwhelming, but it, it, it's, it's important to do the research and, you know, I can throw out some, uh, you know, some resources like Joshua Project is a huge, is a great resource, um, that shows you, um, you know, all these people groups in the room. Hey, Melissa, good to see you. Yeah,
1: I love it. Yeah. Um, you know, as you were talking, I was thinking about um, you had said something that that kind of tagged on me um, that totally I'm blanking on right now. Um, but, you What's know, one of, our, yeah, <laughs> one of our uh, students was asking, did you have any fear about leaving your country or going to a new country? Was there any actual fear in your heart or, um, you know, even if it was a little bit,
0: um, I think the biggest fear was uh, was just not knowing what we were going into. Um, more so for me as the man of the house. I mean, we don't we didn't even have a child then, but just like getting the house set up, like what are what are we going what are we going to find? Because um, we we landed and we stayed at a hotel and we had to look for a house later. So I think that was probably the the biggest thing for me. But um, I'll just mention this. Maybe some people need to hear this. That God sometimes uses our past experiences to prepare us for to make things somewhat easier or, or fluid uh, maybe not easy but fluid so i grew up in a in a jungle setting in brazil as a missionary kid now i had no idea that god was going to use that later but so for me showing up in a tropical climate um, on the equator again clear on the other side of the world for me god used my past experiences to kind of make things flow a little bit better um so i mean my wife has a a different story it was very much different for her um it, it was it was i think for her i'll just speak for her for her the biggest thing was not being close to her especially her nieces her little nieces that were growing up like i think we left when they were like two and four years old um So not being able to be, they they live in the Northwest suburbs. And so that I think was a big, just a big challenge for her.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I remember what I was going to ask you. Uh, You had said something to this about, especially with young people to do the next thing. Mm -hmm. Do you think the fear of not knowing or understanding God's long-term plan prevents people from doing the next thing? Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I think, um, I think for me, yeah, it, it's it's good to have a good fear of the Lord. That's that's important, you know. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Yeah. Um, but uh, is that you or me, the sirens, man? Like, oh, that's me.
1: <laughs> It'll probably right get to you. Cicero. It'll get they'll, to you in a few minutes. It'll <laughs> get to me. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, the, yeah, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Um, but sometimes we can, we I feel like we can get intimidated. Like, man, I don't want to mess up God's plan, so I don't want to. maybe that's not I I don't feel like that's that fits the idea that I have. So for me, I thought I knew actually in college that I was going to do missions. And uh, so I was I was actually afraid to get a job, Mm. like an actual (laughs) job job. Yeah, because I was like, I'm not supposed to stay here. Yeah. And you know what, I got into bad credit card debt
1: Mm.
0: until I got a job. (laughs) So that was the next thing for me. But I didn't see it. You know, I didn't see the forest for the trees, you know, like, this is an obvious next step um, in what God is calling me to do, but um, I was just like had these part-time jobs and, and it wasn't paying the bills. So um, I, don't know I love that's, it. That's helpful for someone.
1: No, no, I think that's good. Cause I, I think even in my own experience, the next step doesn't always seem like it leads to what you think or know is a long-term thing. And so uh, even uh, for me, before I got into ministry, I had an opportunity to go intern in a different state and and do a lot of things that seemed like, hey, this is maybe where God's leading me. Uh, But instead, I felt the Lord tell me to stay and work at Target. And I'm thinking, how does Target correlate with my call to ministry? And I didn't realize then everything that I did as I was working in HR and as a manager and all the experience I got leading people in a corporate setting, how much that influenced my leadership in a ministerial setting. So I think it's good for us not to pigeonhole God and assume that these are the steps that everyone has to take in order to lead to this same destination. Um, Now, when we have missionaries come in, if we can be honest, we're going to be transparent. And I think every missionary knows this. Whenever you go to a church for a mission Sunday or a missions talk, we care about the stories, right? Like we love all the details. We love that you're preaching a sermon, but we want to hear about what God's doing on the mission field. We want to hear the cool miraculous things that God does where we're like, wow, that's awesome. Uh, So, why don't you give me, if you have one story, two stories, or, you know, however, depending on time, something where you thought, man, there's no way this would have happened if not for God. This is God moving in a powerful way. Uh, Was there anything in your experience in those two, three years where you and Karen just looked back and were just like, wow, God?
0: Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, you mentioned this uh, earlier. Indonesia is the largest Muslim country in the world. and, uh, And we knew that walking in most of the time you know it takes years for muslims to to come to faith it's just such a hurdle for them to to consider themselves like christians because it's like a western thing it's like that's not it's not indonesia to be christian (laughs) Um, but um so we we knew that walking in that okay we're here to serve we're gonna serve jamie kemp we're gonna you know work in the ministry and uh, hopefully people will hear the gospel but we we did not expect anyone to actually you know become become Christians but um we uh, we have this English center right so we invite students to come university students to come and just practice their English for free so uh this one girl is walks in one day and uh and uh, we get to know her and um it was cool though cuz it's the The real goal and I'm going to mention this, and hopefully it'll stick with someone for the rest of their lives. The real goal is not for us American people who know everything to do everything. Yeah. The goal is for the is to equip the people there to multiply the work to multiply the gospel there so our goal is to is to equip Indonesians to reach Indonesians so uh so my wife, Karen, was meeting with an Indonesian lady, Christian. And uh, and she challenged her, like, hey, uh, who are you meeting with? Who are you discipling? Um, and are you discipling any Muslim people? And she's like, no, it's, it's such a hurdle for me to get past that. And she's like, well, pray about it. Well, she came back one day and said, hey, I'm going to meet with this girl. I'll call her Dina. Okay, I'm going to meet with Dina, this Muslim girl. Great, awesome. Well, Dina, you know, they, they started doing this Bible study. And uh, after a while, Dina, um, she she came. To, there was there was this crisis moment in her life where she was like, "I I know we're meeting, we're talking about God, but if God allowed this thing to happen in my life, I'm done with Him. I'm done I'm done with Allah. I'm done with Jesus. Doesn't matter. I, whoever." And so she she took off her you know hijab which she had always worn and uh, was like, "I'm just gonna I'm I, I'm I'm not gonna believe in anything." Well um nana this christian lady um challenged her said hey can we meet just one more time just one more time she went to the prayer meeting nana went to the prayer meeting and just cried out to the lord like like we had never seen her seek god before crying out for dina she she gets up goes to gets on her motorcycle everyone uses motorcycles gets on her motorcycle to go to the meeting place well while while she's on the way dina is taking a motorcycle taxi and the the motorcycle gets hit by a car, so she's out there in the middle of the street, car, you know, cars whizzing by, and and she's like in shock, and she's she thinks I'm gonna die, like this is it, I'm gonna die, a car's gonna hit me, and it's gonna be over. But she hears a voice that says, "You will not die. Get up. You will not die." She hears it twice. And so like in her shot, she, she, she listened to that voice, got up, goes to the side of the road and people kind of are, are starting to crowd the scene. And they, they say, okay, here, give me your phone. They call Nana. Nana actually didn't have any credit on her phone, but it rings anyway. (laughs) Nana was like, what happened? She's like, please pick me up. So Nana comes and picks her up, takes her to the hospital. And, um, after all, after it all settles down, um, they're in their, in the dorm room together. And, and Dina says, I told you I wasn't going to believe in God, but when I was on the side of the road, I heard a voice and I knew it was Jesus and I want to follow him. Yeah. And, that, and that night she gave her life to the Lord and uh, she, uh, she is doing well. Um, she has face challenges, um, we, which we all know um, her, actually uh, her dad hired her best friend to like spy on her to make sure she wouldn't go to church but we have our church at on sunday nights and so sunday mornings she was trying to like make her not go to church so well she would go to the english center on sunday nights and uh she's she's doing well and uh we praise god for that so i love that that's That's why people love
1: those stories man that's why people love the mission stories um by chance do you have any other
0: uh uh, yeah, there's there's one that that still doesn't have that happy ending, but yeah, God is God cool. is moving. Um, th- there's a lot of those stories, um, but God God is showing up. God is God is speaking to these people. Um, and actually, if you know, we we usually share this in tandem with this verse in Ephesians two ten. It says, "For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, for good works which God has prepared in advance that we should walk in them." So you know we're going clear across the other side of the world. It's not us that's going to make things happen. Jesus has already prepared things ahe- ahead of time that we would walk in them. So um, so anyway, there's this guy, I'll call him Jay. Um, again, like we come to our center and um, we have what's called spiritual steps because you don't want to like come in swinging all at once. Like, hey, believe in Jesus, you know, that's yeah. like, like, whoa, you know. But we, we build spiritual steps. So we had all these kinds of different Bible studies in, in varying depths, you know. And uh, he would come to all of those. He would come to the like the, the small groups that were meant for only Christians. And it's this, this totally Muslim guy from an unreached area. And uh, so, you know, he had all these questions and stuff. But the challenge is uh, with, you, with uh, youth ministry too, but with university ministry is that they graduate. and then what, And then what happens to them? So um, that happened. He graduated, went back to his home area and started teaching actually at an Islamic university. And we're like, Lord, you know, only you, only you can get a hold of this guy. Um, So we kept praying. But a few months after that, I get a phone call from him and he's like, so, hey, Joel, something weird happened last night. I had a dream about you. And I'm like, or what did I do in your dream? You know, he, like you never know how weird dreams are. But for him, it was so vivid. He said, "No, you came to my hometown and you, you gave me your favorite book." And I said, hey, "Really?" So do you know what my favorite book is? And he's like, "No, I don't." And I'm like, "Dude, it's the Bible. You should know that by now. <laughs> you were in <laughs> yeah, Bible study." He's like, <laughs> "This is like obvious." I was like, "It's the Bible." He had that dream again. And I'm like, I told Karen I gotta go visit. I mean, it was clear on another island. It was gonna take a you know a big trip to to go there, but um, me and another missionary were able to go visit him, and um, and we we sat down at, at uh, breakfast and uh, I handed him a copy of of the Bible in his own language. But what was even cooler is that while we were there, another friend of ours from our ministry I didn't even know this but she was in that same town and just on vacation and with her parents and uh her dad is is a pastor he's actually a a well-known leader in that area and uh i was like dude let's have dinner together since we're in the same town he's like okay so uh we sat by the by the river and had some good seafood and um but while we were sitting there his uh, this this pastor starts sharing his testimony he sits across from jay and he's sharing his testimony and I didn't know this, but he used to be a Muslim and used to like throw rocks at Christians while they were going to church and like make fun of them until one day he actually walked into a church himself and God met him and he gave his life to the Lord. And he's now been serving the Lord for, you know, 20, 30 years. And he's, he's telling the story to Jay and Jay has not given his life to the Lord yet, but God is like knocking on the door of his heart over and over and over again. And um, we just expect one day that he's going to say, dude, I had another dream or man, I read this in the Bible. He has the Bible now. Uh, I read this in the Bible. Um, God's God's working on him. So please pray for Jay.
1: Amen. Oh, yeah. I love that. Um, You know, you mentioned the difficulty, particularly with Muslims um, in regard to conversion and how, you know, even this former uh, Muslim would throw rocks and things like that. Was there ever any moment where you personally, for yourself, or even for Karen, where there was any fear for your safety, for your well-being? Um, did it ever? Were there any threats or any moments where you're like, "We need to be really careful today"?
0: Um, you know, uh, Indonesia is is I believe is one of the most open countries. Yeah. Um, you know, considering it's a Muslim country, it, it's a very, there's a, a a large level of tolerance. Um, so thankfully in our area, we did not experience any real, uh, like pushback. Um, it, it's, it's important to be tactful and, uh, and wise, you know, the Bible says this be wise as serpent and, and, and tender, gentle as doves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, you don't, you know, you're not standing on a, on a street corner of the bullhorn, but, um, the, the real, I think the real challenge for us actually is the, is the healthcare, um, uh, there's, I don't know if you if you know what brain drain is. Have you heard of that term? Um, a lot of the, what happens is a lot of the educated people or a lot of people get educated overseas, like here in America, and they stay here. They don't come back to Indonesia oh, okay. to, to help the, you know, the education level and especially in the medical field. So um, there's um, the medical arena is not so good. So mm-hmm. both of us got, had, had some, some tough, uh, so I got dysentery. Um, I don't know if you know what dysentery is. Yeah. You don't want to get that. Um, it's, I had like a whole month where I had like two back to back bouts. Like they didn't give me the right medicine. They misdiagnosed it. And, uh, so that was rough. I lost like 15 pounds, which was great. <laughs> <It> was like, <laughs> yeah. like I have a, my Fitbit app and I'm like, boom, I remember that. You know, I remember what happened then. Um, but uh um, and then Karen had like a root canal that they they couldn't numb her, and so they were just going at it for like two hours and she's like i I'm done i can't, I can't do this any longer, so uh, just some rough, rough medical experience um that's that's just the reality that that's the you know that's the thing you have to just hold hold before the Lord, but hey, we're alive, you know, and if we die, hey, it's worth it, you know, like that's not. Yeah. Like to us, our, our lives, you know, are not that worth it, you know, compared to, yeah. to living out his calling.
1: And I think a lot of people would say that, but it's uh, it's different when you're in environments and situations where that's actually a potential aspect. And I think that's a major difference between the missionaries that, that do leave and people who are just, you know, regular churchgoers. We get used to our culture, our environment, what's allowed, what's not allowed, and, uh, you know, even thinking that the rights that we have are the rights all over the world. And, uh, and I, I'm sure you've experienced that not to be true. Um, one of the other questions I was going to ask you, um, let's say I'm an older teen. I'm hoping there's a number of our teens that are watching or, um, you know, are going to watch. Let's say I'm an older teen who has felt a call to missions. Um, one of my pet peeves I've had as a pastor was figuring out practical steps in order to pursue a career in that. I think uh, as, uh, overall the AG has gotten a lot better uh, at doing things like that. But I feel like in the past it was just go to Bible college and um, I'll wash my hands of it and let them kind of guide you to the next thing. Uh, so if if I know if I'm 17, 18, and for years I've already felt that confirmation, God's calling me to the mission field, what are practical steps to pursue that? Or maybe I'm teetering. I think that's what God's calling me to. But what are the mm-hmm. next practical steps to pursue a career in missions?
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a wonderful, wonderful question. Yeah, because it, it can seem so overwhelming, right? Like, what do I do next? Like, do I just buy faith, buy a ticket and end up somewhere? And like, what do I do? You know, but yeah. um, yeah, I, I think there's wisdom in, in, like I said, take like taking the next step. But what is that? Well, um, is there a missions trip? You know, can you go on a missions trip that your church... Like, do you guys do mission trips as as youth?
1: Yeah, yeah. We well, we we're going to this year, but
0: uh, quarantine's kind of messed some things up. But yeah, uh, yes, we are planning on putting together these mission trips. Go on that trip. Find a way. You know, okay, you don't have the money. You don't know how to raise the money. Do it. Like, find a way. Um, go go on a mission trip. Um, if you're ready, some people, you know, and you can speak to this, Pastor Joe, because you know your people better. But some people take a gap year. So yeah. they graduate from high school, spend a year doing some going to some country um doing like a like a year long trip uh, in some other country that's a great opportunity to to see what's out there and not just see what's out there for your heart to get a burden, but also learn about yourself how God uses you and he he hones that call um, further along the way yeah um,
1: well i um, I think that's good real quick, just because I think there's a lot of people who have this. Um, almost fantasy idea of missions in their mind and then realize they don't like sleeping in a tent or they they don't like bugs and now they're in the jungles of Brazil kind of thing. So maybe taking a gap year to figure out if you're really cut out for this, if this is really something God's calling you to do helps. Because I think, again, we hear the stories and we go, I want to do that, but we don't think of the practical aspects of it. Now that gap year, is, are you referring to like an M.A.? Or or just in general, like do missions take students? Yeah, so
0: uh yeah, so uh uh AGWM Summit of God World Missions um has several different tracks. Um there's there can be like a month long internship that you do in like Vietnam or something like that. Um uh or like so if you have a summer, like that's a great opportunity. Um and that's called maps. Maps is like is a year, I think a year or less um m a which is called a missionary associate is a, a bigger commitment there's a little bit more like application process interviews and that sort of thing um, I don't necessarily recommend that for someone coming straight out of high school um unless you're unless you're ready ready to just roll like that's what you want to do with your life like go um, but uh, a, a maps program is an awesome like first step of like hey I don't quite know what I want to do i don't I don't even know where and um, I can actually give you an email. Um, um, by the way, you can friend me, you know, follow me, DM me, ask me any questions later or ask Pastor Joey. But, yeah. like, there's an email you can say, hey, I, I'm interested. I have no idea what it is. And they can shoot out some opportunities. Like, hey, you want one month, two months, three months? Uh, tell me what, you, what, you, what you're available for. Yeah. So there's so many opportunities. But-
1: now, I imagine your parents being missionaries were 100% you know, supportive of you pursuing missions. And I'm not sure how Karen's family was, but, you know, how does it look for an individual who maybe they're the only Christian in their home or, um, you know, they're the first conversion in their home. And and now they're they're going to mom and dad and saying, hey, instead of going straight to college, I want to go to Vietnam for a summer. Um, You know, how does one approach that? Or have you encountered any missionaries
0: that have had to do that? Uh, Yeah, yeah. I have, um, yeah, not, not a ton. Most people are doing, yeah, like that, that shorter term thing. Um, gee, I I think, I think back to the very beginning, you know, there were only a few thousand Christians in the whole world. Think about, and, and by the way, when they were getting baptized, they were getting baptized in front of some people that totally disagreed with what they were doing. Um, because they were Jewish. Most of them were Jewish at that point. Like, no, you're yeah. Jewish. How could you do that? Um, that's not what we do as Jews. Don't don't follow that weird religion thing. But they did it anyway, because they, they, I mean, we just celebrated Easter. They believed in a risen Savior. They believed that Jesus Christ rose from the dead and has victory. And um, Jesus didn't say it was going to be easy. He said, just follow me, and I will make you you know, fishers of man, I will mm-hmm. help you. I will be with you. Um, and I love that verse. It says in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Amen. And, um, in the, at the, I, and the, I think a good question is at the end of my life, am I going to look back and, and think, man, I didn't go because I was afraid of mommy, you know, I mean, I hey, hate, it's hard. It, it's tough. Yeah. Like, but, like God will take care of your parents. God mm. will take care of your family. Um I you know, my my parents took took me away from my grandparents. But I'm so grateful for that because of the the legacy that they began in some ways of of you know, serving in a different country. I love it. And I follow in that because of that.
1: Yeah. Who knows if Josie one day, huh? Hey. Um here's a question and this is my wife you know, my wife loves missions. She's she's the driving force of, of missions in our youth ministry. And um, even before when we were dating, over and over again, I had this conversation. Are you sure you're not called to long-term missions? Because I know what God has called me to, and it wasn't necessarily long-term missions. So do you feel that an individual can have a heart for missions but not be necessarily called to the mission field? And how would you differentiate that?
0: Mm. yeah that's a that's a very good question I think uh I think we're all called to participate yeah, um, we're good. all called to participate and um i think I think of it this way find your front line, find your front line like f- sometimes you know, and it kind of actually annoys me like people sometimes look at me like, man, you're like way on the other side of the world, like you're on the front lines. And yeah, kind of, but that's the front line that God has called me to. Um, There's people that are way ahead of me. They're like, they're like in the slump, like they're in the, in the thick of it in a different way. But find, find that front line, like that, maybe that, 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 uh, you know, barrier that you find in yourself, that, that comfort zone that you need to step out of into what God is calling you to do. It may just be, hey, share the gospel with a family member. That may be your front line right now, and that's where God wants you to step out into. Um, but th- the way I think about it is, is if if you know if you don't have any goal, you know if you don't have any target, you are going to miss it every time. Yeah, um, and so I think sometimes missions is for is just forgotten. It's it's sidelined, and so find a way. Um, and like I said, there's Joshua Project. There are devotionals. I can even send you a devotional in the mail if you want. Um, it's called. I got tons of copies here. It's called Go, a forty-day devotional to the forty-day journey to the never-reach. I can send you a copy. Find a way to keep missions as in front of you, and everything else will flow into that. Like man, our our goal as a church, as the church, big C, is to complete the great commission amen. and uh, we're going to be here on earth until it's done, you know, COVID-19 or not, you know, yeah, <laughs> amen. we're here until we've completed that task. So we all should be in some way involved in our, in our own front line.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Some are, some are called to go, but you need people to send them as well. Right. You need somebody to to be home base and, and push that forward. And so sure. uh, I love that. And um, you know, one of the other questions I was, I was thinking about, uh, you know, we're talking about some advice we're giving, and we talked about some things for the older teens that kind of maybe are a little bit more solidified or, or thinking at least about next step. Uh, what would you say to maybe some younger teens who just started thinking, or again, doesn't age doesn't matter, maybe they just started thinking about maybe being called to missions, and I'm not sure, but I think maybe um, what are the next steps or what are some next steps that they could start pursuing?
0: Yeah, um, I I mentioned this. I mean, this is across the the board, age age wise. But um, um, start giving transmissions now. Mm-hmm. You know, okay, you you found a dollar, rip it up and take ten, a tenth of that. No, just kidding. Like you know, <laughs> give give a give a, or give that dollar to you know to speed the light. Um, speed the light money is is massive. It's so huge for for us on the field. It's like a, it's like it's like a fresh breeze that like keeps us going. You know, it's like, man, I don't have. I I wish I could, you know, further further my ministry. I wish I could expand this area, but I don't have the money. Boom! Speed the light comes in and like, yes, you can. Um, so that's huge. Um, give towards missions now. Um, you know, Jesus said, "Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also." Sometimes yeah. that is the impetus. That's like the starter to get your heart thinking about it. And another another thing is just uh, praying for missions. There's a website called Operation World, Operation World, and I think they have an app too. But it's it's just a simple, hey, here's a country, here's what you need to, here's what uh, some prayer requests for that country. Pray for that country. It's simple, and all of a sudden you learn geography too, because you're like virgin islands i didn't even know what that was a country, you know <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, um like the lord the lord uh, can but the Lord can use that to to guide you to to even one of those
1: countries too, sure, I love it, and then, um you know if I could add one thing that I always thought about, um and I don't know if you've had that same pet peeve where you encounter a younger person or someone who feels called to missions but refuses to do mission at home, you know, refuses to reach out to their friends to. Um, you know, engage in gospel conversations to bring anybody to church. Uh, what would you say to that kid who hasn 't taken that initiative yet Do you feel like that person can even be successful on a mission field? is it because they a switch they could turn on years later maybe <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, but I would say, yeah, be faithful in the little things you know like um there 's that there 's that parable that Jesus gave like he gave um 10 talents to one guy 5 talents to another and and uh, i think one talent to to the last guy he knew what each person could handle and the one guy who had just one talent didn't do squat right and so and got and he was rebuked because of that like whatever God has given you is can you help vacuum the church do you have hands you know mm-hmm. sure now ask like Ask Pastor Joey, hey, how can I help? He'll find something for you to do. Oh yeah. <laughs> he'll find he'll find something. Um right now it's clean your room. <laughs> yeah, you're basically. at home. That's huge. And seriously, I mean this is like it's not a joke, but like the Lord spoke to me um, in my like this was after college. Um, Joel, you need to make your bed. Not because like no one was seeing was watching it, just my roommates, my roommate's didn't care. But like, make your bed. Because one day, you're gonna have a wife for for you know you're gonna have a wife. But learn to be faithful in in your own personal um, s- sphere of influence, because that's gonna help you be faithful in the things that God has given you. Yeah. So absolutely, you know, it's not fun to to hear. It's not like you know, gushy, but yeah, fun like stuff, like you said,
1: it's it's those little things, right? It's like you know, you think about we're in April, but it, it just snowed yesterday. And uh, it's all those little snowflakes that add up to these massive mounds of snow on the ground. But it's just that continuance of faithfulness and little things that builds up into these massive blizzards. And so I love that. I love yeah. to just encourage people to be faithful.
0: I, I, I just want to share this, too. So I, the last, I told God at, at my final year of Bible college, I'll do anything for you. You know, I'll go to the, the ends of the earth for you. But I do not want to do youth ministry that's the last thing i'll do anything except youth ministry well you know what the lord did (laughs) he put he actually put it in my heart so that was cool that was helpful but he put it in my heart to to work with junior hires hallelujah junior hires i love you junior hires so that i did that for six years straight and i'm like i still look back and i can't believe i did that but because i stayed put you know i'm a i'm an mk i'm a missionary kid i traveled all over the place i didn't have like roots but because i stayed put when when it came time for me to be sent to go the lord raised up all the finances mostly through the people that i knew through those 6 years so you know god kind of turned around like yeah you were faithful now i'm going to speed up the the cause of the righteous i'm going to speed up your your sending off and and he did that totally
1: Oh, I love that. All right. Last question for you. And then we'll see if, uh, if our girls will will come over. Um, ultimately, and this might seem a little existential, but ultimately, why do you, Joe Hubiar, uh, why do you do missions? Why are you a missionary?
0: So my heart is to, is to see these unreached people or what I call never reached people because they've never heard Jesus since Jesus said, go. To us, to the church, my my heart is to see these people groups become reached. That's why that's what gets me out of bed is there are are people, millions of pockets of people who are still waiting to hear. And um,
1: for the first time,
0: for the very first time. And we met people. They're like, I've never heard this in my whole life. And um, does that
1: blow your mind? Just that, you know never you've never heard the name of Jesus Christ
0: yeah now they've heard Jesus but they've heard a different version of Jesus in their in the uh-huh. Quran so like sharing like oh no Jesus Jesus died and rose again really I never knew that and actually we met a girl from a really uh unreached area and she's like I never knew this who's gonna come and tell my people about this wow and so that's that's what keeps me going. That, that's why we that's why we make the effort. That's why we get on that plane and go to a completely different culture and a hot culture. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, seriously. There's no spring in Indonesia, um, but that's what keeps us going.
1: Well, yeah. one of our students is asking right now, do you ever feel like you weren't ready for what came with the job? And that's kind of one of the questions I had earlier. Mm. Um, you know, what are some of the realities of being a missionary? decide
0: <laughs> yeah yeah um honestly for me it was i think i mentioned this earlier there is just um uh, things just break all the time in the house and uh and then you call someone to fix it and they they have this word that means tomorrow <laughs> they don't really have a word for tomorrow tomorrow might be next month yeah um, and then he said it twice which means like man who knows when <laughs>
1: Yeah. So
0: I'm like, hey, when can you come and fix this pipe? It's broken. Like, I need plumbing in my house. He's like, oh, beso, beso, can. Oh, when, like, so, hopefully in the future. And I'm yeah. like, no, I need it today. <laughs> you know, I'm an American. You know, I need it today. I need it yesterday. Yeah. Um, so Same that,
1: day delivery, brother.
0: That's right. It was yeah. Prime. Um, <laughs> so I think that was the challenge. Like, just the, the pace of life is very much slow, traffic is slower. Um, you just, uh, I actually have this shirt. I should have worn it. It's its a Palan Saja. That means just take it easy. that That's like the, the motto of Indonesia. Chill. So. Uh, I love it. But I'm not a chill guy. I, I want to get it done. So, yeah. yeah.
1: And then uh, are you going back with Kayafa when you return? Or are you doing a different job?
0: Uh, we'll see. We're, that's something you can pray for us about how God will direct us um, to each yeah. country. Uh, many opportunities. So we want to be where God God wants
1: us. Yeah, and I mentioned it to you, bro. I, I spoke to your uh, your main bosses when I was on a missions convention in Mexico last year. Oh, and yeah. They, they would not stop talking about you. They were glowing. They're like, dude, these are rock stars that we got a lot of plans for. And so I was almost like, dude, I know those people. <laughs> uh, so I was oh, really excited to hear that. Calm. And again, man, I'm, I'm so grateful that you were willing to jump on and And just you know, speak to your heart and what God has placed in that. I know it means a lot to me, and I hope our listeners really enjoyed that. Um, By any chance, is is Josie awake?
0: I think so. Here, let me let
1: me see if I think mine's
0: coming too. Hey, Karen, is Josie awake? I think she's over. Here she is. All right,
1: cool. We got two minutes. Here's my baby girl. Hey. Oh, there's your friend. Look, Josie. It's your friend, Josie. Josie. It's Josie. <laughs> oh, she's got oh, some hair. Oh, teeth. yeah, she was born with all this hair. Oh, my now, gosh. Hi, Karen. Hi, Pastor Joey. Now, do you guys spell Josie the same way? It's this
0: uh, way. J-O-S-I-E.
1: Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, but yeah. It's a
0: different her name's Josephine,
1: isn't yours Jasmine? Yeah, ours is Jocelyn, yours is Josephine. And then what's her middle name? Does she have a middle name? Olivia. Olivia, this is Jocelyn Grace.
0: Oh, beautiful. Oh, that's awesome. So what our is, our goal- is it, How old is she now?
1: Four months. Four months, yeah. So twice as old. Two months, as yeah. As... Our goal right now is for them to be future pen pals or email or whatever technology is available yes. at that time. Um, but we're excited for Josie's to, to get to know each other. Right, baby girl? Yeah. <laughs> yes. I love it. Well, guys, we miss you. We hope you're staying safe. I'm yeah. glad to see that Josie is healthy and strong. It was born mm-hmm. two months ago and not right now with all the craziness going on. Seriously. Um, I'm glad that – Joe, were you in the li- delivery room?
0: Yeah, every minute.
1: Yeah. Praise God, man. Well, hey, listen, we got 25 seconds before this shuts out. let me do a five-second prayer. Heavenly Father, I pray for the Hubiars. I pray that you bless them for every one of them, Lord. Joel, Karen, and Josie, may your hand be over them. Watch over them. Guide every one of their next steps, Lord. And I thank you for all the faithfulness that they've already had. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you guys, and we'll bless see you. everyone Bye. tomorrow. Have a good one. Thanks again. Yeah.